Welcome back to Seattle Sucks, a podcast about hating the city we love. This is Colin. I'm on the boat with Captain Greg. Hey And a guest. Hi. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> We've got. I thought there was more. I thought there was more coming. I was like, I was, I was We've got Greg, the um, endlessly charming and um, the. Ra- like radio, like media practiced, um, media trained, uh, uh, media ninjas. Is that the hand motions you're doing? Is that ninja? not keep it coming? Keep oh, it keep coming. It, I love it. This. Keep it coming. Um, Brian Platt. He is our friend. Um, I just I thought we should invite him on the podcast because I turned down his invitation to watch Game of Thrones at his house last night with a bunch of people. That sounds like my idea of hell. Uh, so decided to have him back over to the boat um this is actually now a game of thrones podcast (laughs) since you couldn't hear my clever commentary every three minutes last night yeah yeah and actually i wrote it all down and brought it in in between what i'm guessing was everyone else's clever commentary like at the tv watching party sounds like Uh that is that's just sounds insane to me. Well, Greg, I think as a fellow loud person, you should know I never do my commentary in between people's commentary. <laughs> <laughs> no need when you're twice as loud as those other people, is there? You can just talk right over them. It's great. Um, well, Brian Platt, you you know him from reading his work in Jacobin and other places, and um, and mostly from our podcast. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, mostly. <laughs> Exclusively. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so it's it's been another wild couple weeks. Uh, and since Brian loves the police so much, we thought we could maybe open with the big new crane. What What is that thing? Tower? The, the <laughs> Night's Watch. <Yeah. laughs> uh, and it's somewhere in Rainier Valley, right? In a Safeway yeah. parking lot. Yeah, so the Safeway surveillance tower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Panopticon. The Panopticon, Panopticon is opt. It does have, yeah, it has windows on all sides. Yeah, right? and we should we should thank our friend Bezos Town because he might have been the one that actually broke this. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually his mm-hmm. photo, right? Yeah. He mm-hmm. was actually shopping down there because yeah. he lives down there by like, yeah. Yeah, and he was, yeah, very depressed and saddened to see that. Yeah. And Crosscut wrote something. There have been a few other pieces mm-hmm. I've seen going around. Uh, that's where we got our inspiration for our opening bit. Also, uh, wait, was little, it? I think that happened after. Oh, did we were already already getting in. Okay. I was already trolling. Okay, well, we had some fun with a lightly needling friend of the show, our, Bernard oh. Farquhar, a yeah. real person. No, but um, he no, but he also. It was after that <laughs> that he I think that he also had uh, some funny. Yeah, some he, takes he some, on that, like it's just sur- it's surveillance cameras. What have you never heard of it? Well, ba- yeah, basically, this doesn't matter. This is just some guy on Twitter who has no. It's well, just some dude. But well, his, we his, think he's funny. I think this is important <laughs> because his point is like the Panopticon rules. If you're law abiding, like you have nothing to fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was uh, his. But take. also, his t- it was also like. Yeah, um, everyone has surveillance cameras. It's the 21st century. It's like... <laughs> well, again, yeah. The 21st century sucks, Bernard. <laughs> yeah. this, and this is just a particularly, like, gauche and yeah, ham-handed, uh, like, particularly ugly example uh, of the surveillance state, like, crushing down on your throat. 
mm. with its Well, yeah, because you're not just talking a surveillance camera. You're talking about a police-branded... Yeah, uh, surveillance tower. Surveillance tower. tower. In Mobile the middle of the parking tower. lot. So it's incredibly <laughs> visible. And, and, you know, like when, you know... Uh, not to be that guy, but like when you know when Foucault talks about the Panopticon too. I mean, yeah. part of what he says is it's, be it's not guy. yeah, it's not just the surveillance itself; it's the knowledge of being surveilled, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And so those towers like serve that dual function, and that yeah, it's like maybe some discrete cameras could be applied in the Safeway parking lot or whatever. But this isn't about discretion. At this no, point, no, no, right? no. This is about <laughs> informing certain communities that you are being watched. Yeah, right. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, and I, I was telling you guys off air a little bit earlier that um, years ago, in like maybe 2008 or 2009, something like that, uh, there had been all this trouble. I said, I think Long Island, it was actually in Staten Island. But in Staten Island, there had been all this trouble uh, uh, with the local immigrant community and local anti-immigrant sons of cops, quite frankly, like beating up immigrant workers. Like they just grabbed and beat them up. And they actually uh, grabbed a guy and beat him to death uh, in there and so like stuff got a little hot in Staten Island for a little bit and I remember going to do a you know an anti uh going to an anti-police protest there <laughs> uh, and they and that was the first time I'd ever seen one of those that they had put them up like in the area where this guy had been picked up they put him up in this sort of downtown area these giant towers and uh you know let me tell you I mean it was very clear like who was being surveilled who wasn't being surveilled I don't think they were out to get those kids. Yeah, know, like, yeah. And, and certainly all the immigrant workers we had talked to thought that they were there for them, you know? So, I mean, the, uh, the psychological bit was working, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's un I mean, it's unmistakable. So, just to describe, if it's not clear what we're talking about, I'm sure you can find it on the internet, the specific in of this instance. In the, but we've seen these other places. SPU, uh, SPD has a handful of them, I think. Mm -hmm. But... It's a it's on a trailer. It's this very compact thing that's a self raising crane, yeah, like got a big lift. scissor, a scissor lift, that yeah. that goes up a hundred, you know, or probably it's like probably like sixty feet in the yeah, air. Yeah, and it has this um, big like tinted windowed box on it, which yeah. with surveillance cameras yeah. for twenty four hours. So you can just pop it up and surveil very visibly, as we're saying anything, and it's. Yeah. And it's made to mimic a guard tower. Like yeah, it's yeah. a little small to put somebody in, but it fuck it's made to look it like does a look. fucking guard That's tower. That's the fucking thing. Like, it which doesn't is what's weird about it. Because So when I first saw one, I was like, is there like somebody a person in there? In there like, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you could easily put up a tower that no. would have just a a ball like a tinted ball on it. Yeah, it's yeah. clearly just cameras, like in multiple No, but this is like a little bot it looks like a little hut up there. Mm -hmm. It looks like there are people... But yeah, and the bottom of it's white, and it has, like, the black windows. It, I mean, it looks like a fucking windows. tower, yeah. 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 Um, it looks like someone could be hanging out in there, and the scale, you know, you can't tell really from the ground, you know? Um, yeah, it's weird, man, and that's clearly that's clearly deliberate. It does look like it's a four-sided, like, medieval guard tower, or, like you say, like a panopticon from an old English prison. Um, I mean, we were talking about on our premium episode... About how, like, policing is essentially, is about, you know, is about oppressing certain communities. Like, that's, mm. like, its function. Yeah. Uh, broken windows policing. This seems like a very much part of that, like, theory of, like, cracking down yeah. on things like shoplifting. Yeah. 
Well, you know, Broken Windows, the whole idea behind Broken Windows, right, is to make the neighborhood as hostile as possible to those that would negatively impact home values in a gentrifying area, right? Yeah. Which, where this tower is going up is in a gentrifying area, and, yeah, it's in Rainier Valley or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or, uh, in, yeah, and, I mean, it's done to make, you know, the people who are typically victimized by the police feel very unsafe there. In the hopes of, you know, if you make them uncomfortable enough, you make things bad enough, maybe they'll leave on their own. If they don't leave on their own, then you can take them out in chains, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the hope is always they'll go away on their own, because that's the cheapest solution, right, for capital. But, uh, yeah. But if but, yeah. necessary, you have video evidence you can use to arrest people mm-hmm. and take them out of the community, decimating it and causing people to get evicted eventually. You know, yeah, yeah. Lose their places, yeah. Mm-hmm. Colin, what is the general take on this, like... From those pieces. Well, just that it, it kind of was a very chilling thing to see. I think Erica C. Burnett also tweeted about this, um, wanting to get more information about why it was deployed. And uh, what I saw is that ostensibly it was to control shoplifting because it's it's a... It's in the parking lot, so I don't know how that's going to work. Right, yeah. exactly. No, well, but to ID the people as they're running during away. During egress. Uh, Yes. Tactically surveil. Well, that's how shop shoplifting works: is you run in the store real quick, you grab something, and you speed out <laughs> yeah. the store too. You know, but, uh, yeah. Gotta gotta move fast. Yeah, you're uh, right. You have to already be caught at that point. Yeah, basically, already, yeah. I guess you know. Maybe yeah, but like you say, it's psychological. Runs, yeah. That's the only. I don't know that they ever arrested anybody with that tower. Oh, the, they did two of them, and I don't know if they ever arrested anybody with those inside. I certainly never heard of it or anything. I think it literally was just to terrorize people. Like, yeah. you know. Well, we've only seen it in Seattle at like, like big events or something. I think. Yeah, I try. I tried to do some research on this, and it was kind of hard to find. Um, I found a piece from a couple years ago saying that the force had acquired one or two. I think that was maybe from twenty seventeen. So mm-hmm. these are, for Seattle, they're relatively new, and their mm-hmm. deployment is certainly not broad. I've never seen one anywhere in like downtown North. I've never yeah. seen one. Well, they're Ballard, not going to put one up in Queen, Queen Anne, Anne. <laughs> yeah. Fremont, yeah. Magnolia, no. Um, um, yeah, you know, they just use it for crowd control. They put it behind second base at certain Mariners games, but, you know. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that it it sort of gives up the ghost a little bit when you think about where they place them, and it's ne- it will it will never be in, you know, Queen Anne, yeah, Magnolia, Laurelhurst, or anything yeah. like that. Well, because... It'll always be in these areas be- that are gentrifying. Even if there was some legitimate reason to do, which does not exist um, anywhere, but, like, Queen Anne homeowners would complain en masse on the basis of aesthetics alone. Oh, yeah. Like, none of the, like, we're being oppressed by the the, no. the boot of the state. The police are going to be like, this thing is an eyesore. Mm-hmm. Get it out of it my block, goddamn sight. It would block some condo's view of the water so yeah. they get shut down right there. But, yeah. Yeah, but but you know, just mm-hmm. throwing it up in your safe, your local Safeway parking lot, a community like that just does not have the same standing to deter that from happening in the first place. You yeah. know, who know? Well, it remains to be seen whether to do anything about it mm-hmm. now that it has happened. And what's the plan with that? That it's just there forever? Like I, the, the, the I think that was the plan, but they took it down. They right? did take yeah, it down. They took it down yeah. like a couple of day or yeah. after a day or two days, something like that. They took it down fairly quickly, you know. I think people in Seattle weren't quite ready for that level of like hostile architecture. Well, yeah, you know what? Yeah, but the cops here probably closed. But. This this <laughs> is this is emblematic of our politics generally. 
Um, and that's the cops here are on the bleeding edge. You know, they are like ahead of the curve. They know they're they smell. They can tell which way the wind is blowing. All y'all like <laughs> they are well ahead of the rest of Seattle on the way uh, America is sliding into fascism. <laughs> oh, sure, you know, yeah. like yeah. they're they can see it coming down the pike, and they're ready. Well, I mean, it, it would be interesting to go back and reread, uh, like, Mike Davis' The City of Quartz in retrospect, thinking about Seattle. He, she was writing about L.A. gentrifying in the 90s, or in the 80s, actually, late 80s. But, you know, him talking about the, the physical remaking of the city, right, to make it more hostile to the poor, and, you know, the putting in additional cameras, fencing off, like, underneath bridges so you can't sleep underneath, which we have certainly have started doing yeah, here, yeah. right? Uh, you know, the creation of, you know, the, what they, what, you know, he, I guess they were coined in LA as bum proof benches, right? So, you, which we have everywhere now yep. where you can't lay across the yep. bench cause it has some sort of you know, thing. Oh, it has an armrest. Yeah. Or it has that, that rolly one that you get yeah, sometimes yeah. at the bus stop so you can't get on it without falling yep. off, you know? Yep. Uh, that kind of stuff just to make it as like hostile as human possible. I mean, LA really, you know, uh, <laughs> led the charge on that, but I mean, well, but, you know, but, but everything but they did, crucially, we, we have, it's you know, worked now. in LA where yeah. they do not have a homeless problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> LA famously free of the homeless. <laughs> Which everybody who's been there will remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw the ultimate, I had a photo of it somewhere. It was the ultimate piece of like hostile architecture in LA. Where it was this giant set of condos that was actually like had a Walden garden on it. Yeah. And they had these windows at the bottom that had these big advertisements for people to like buy in, right? There was like, you know, white women doing yoga and stuff and people sitting in the bench in the walled off garden. And the sill of the window, which was like brick and maybe came out like a foot and a half, they put these spikes on it. So that you couldn't sit down on the windowsill or anything like that, like right. And then the, the pictures of them doing yoga right behind. Wow. Me, yeah. So, oh, Jesus. I thought that was a beautiful photo. Oh my god, that's horrendous. I, I was trying to find a quote that I saw on Twitter, where someone alleged I thought it was our friend Bernard that there was a beating in the Safeway. Uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't. Bernard didn't bring that up, but it turned. But um. Alex at Bezos Town, he looked. It was a different Safeway, actually. So <laughs> yeah. it, that it was actually unrelated. But let's assume there's been a crime uh, at some time in the vicinity of this Safeway. God knows there's been shoplifting, and God bless those yeah. brave souls. Um, but I mean, the point is really like this is the city we live in. The progressive utopia. Yeah, this is the future. Seattle is ahead of the curve on, like, the neoliberal turn to fucking techno-futuristic fascism. Well, it is the, like, liberal dream, too. Like, when people, like, sort of mock, like, some liberal identity politics or stuff, too. I mean, this is kind of like the joke they're making, which is, yeah, everything's great in Seattle if you have a million dollars. If you don't, well, it's gonna get real fucking hard for you, right? Yeah. You know, like, it's great to be gay or trans if you're rich. If you're not... Well, yeah. it might get a lot tougher for you, bud, you know, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I think that is kind of what that dream was of the Obama era of like, you know, a perfectly representative ruling class and everybody else in some form of prison labor. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Seattle right there. Like. Mm -hmm. But I think that's where the myths of like left-leaning Seattle seem to come from that and far off memories of uh i guess the general strike or something although nobody who grew up here seems to know that the general strike happened no yeah no nobody knows that yeah very uh, esoteric 
that. No, I don't, that's you know that's an interesting thing that we haven't necessarily dived into is the origins of the progressive Seattle myth. Because I'm thinking about it now, and nothing actually comes to my head immediately. It's I think it's fairly new, because, you know, being a kid who came of age in the uh, grunge era, it was a middle school at the height of uh, grunge, I remember watching many documentaries about grunge Seattle and stuff, and it was always depicted as Seattle as being, like, a rough working-class town, and all yeah. this kind of shit. Like, certainly the image of today... That was the end of that period, is, yeah. Yeah, is, is exactly the opposite, right? So, uh, this idea of kind of this techno-liberal futurist city... Mm. So I, it's got to be like only 20 years old. Yeah, I'm going to take a guess and say it is a combination of two things. Being this, It's being the second San Francisco. The second gay city in America, mm-hmm. in its own opinion anyway, to whatever yeah, degree yeah. that's true. Um, you know, having that the sort of rich cultural, like, uh, LGBT sort of culture of Capitol Hill back you know, when that was a unique thing in an American city, relatively speaking. And the the tech boom that mm-hmm. in the lib because that and that just seems so like like you wanna go, yeah, but connect the dots to make that make any sense, right? Because it doesn't. But in the in the sort of basic lib imagination, these are people who, who this who believe in who have a, like a wig concept of history, which is to say progress. Yeah. Moving forward. So all the like technological innovation doesn't even have to be sold to people who think that way as evidence of like total societal growth and progress towards something better. It's it is like built into their worldview of like, yeah, well this is mm. we're we're you know this is where Windows the operating system comes <laughs> from. So obvious like that, I mean you know, this is, the, we're at the cutting edge of the future of the world, which means the best possible world, the future we always dreamed of living in. Like, those two things go sim- together, hand in hand, if you have that, this liberal concept of history, this Whig idea of progress. If you just take that as your, your worldview and your analysis, like, that, it's a way of not thinking about any actual connections, but it is how a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think... Uh, those two things are pretty core. Like, I know we say it a lot, but this is listen liberal too, in a nutshell, because you have identity, the identity representational political side of things, right? Social justice, which liberals are super big into, like not knocking (laughs) social justice, but just not, not actually having any social justice, but certainly uh, talking about it. The concept in its vaguest (laughs) terms. And then the the professional class, the rise of the professional. And then as you just touched on the fact that these jobs and we'll hear it when we do our next bit, but you'll hear Mary, Mayor Jenny Durkin talk about this a lot that these are the jobs of the future. Yeah. The jobs yeah. of the future are here. So this mm-hmm. is part of that STEM myth of progress. Yeah. But that, like, that I- implicit in that proclamation or in that sort of celebration is that the, the future will is better than the yeah. now or the past. Mm-hmm. The past, back when people were dumb. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And the future, back when, you know, when people will be better and enlightened, you know, without any input yeah. other than just, like, how fast it's happening. 
It's the, neo, that's, the that's, liberal optimism. Yeah, that's what you can. Show. All you can do is like, how fast is it? Ha- is are we getting to the future where I am? You know, <laughs> not that we're get we're getting we're getting there or not, or whether the future will be bad or good. It's like, how fast are we getting there right here where I am? And here in Seattle, we're getting to the future pretty fast. And the thing is, the future fucking blows because <laughs> the future is a is is. Foucault's panopticon, like mm-hmm. fully realized by technology, like mm-hmm. in a, like in in every sense. Whether you, I mean, whether you buy completely his total analysis of, of that or whatever, mm-hmm. that's another story. But the surveillance state, sure, as the like structure of society. If you want to apply like that Cold War fucking nonsense term totalitarianism to anything, yeah. It's the modern United States. Like, oh, the yeah. idea that you, like, act without having to be forced because you know, like, you're being watched. You know, like, it's so beaten into you yeah. that you're, like, you know, well aware, right? And, uh, you know, I mean, this is the closest I've ever come to, like, actually looking like any of that, where people, you know, have to obey a leader even though they might not even know it. It's just in their hearts, right? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Without any skepticism, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, how else can we have, like, Donald Trump running against Hillary Clinton and nobody, like, like in the whole society just melt down into, like, this is the most insane fucking choice that's ever existed. But, uh, now, now, I don't claim to be, like, an expert on the, on the Soviet Union, but my general impression from you know, what I do know, what reading I have done, is that even, like, in the, say, you know, the Stalinist period that was very repressive and the, like, the late period, the gerontocracy period where mm. everything was breaking down. At any stage of that, what of whatever fear people had during the Stalinist period or resignation during the late period, mm-hmm. um, th- at no point was everyone in the Soviet Union bought into it, like, unskeptically, you know, oh, sure. right? They're, well, this, they're utterly skeptical as a society yeah. the for the entire course so, of the Soviet Union. And even but the, here... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 buy into our bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah. we and, eat it up. And you know what the you know political scientists who like argued about this shit like you know even though they never had a very good definition of totalitarianism. I mean the ba- the basics of it was like the state reaching into like every aspect of your yeah. life. The thing is like the Soviet Union like the state was like very weak outside of like a few major city centers and things like that. And it might be repressive, but it did not have the sort of reach that, like, the American surveillance state has. I mean, it, it truly is astonishing that, you know, every purchase habit that you have is fully recorded. Most of your movements during the day are fully Whoa, recorded. remember, like... Think, think about the power your employer has over yeah. you. I mean, just, like, I mean, every part of your life is mediated by somebody else. You yeah. know, tells you, you know, what you can do. It, until you absorb it, right? And then it just becomes how you live, right? right. You're just I mean, fish in the ocean, then. And we get we get more and more inert to it all the time. I remember, yeah. like, remember, like, you but that know. but that's just different than just being repressive, right? Like, I mean, this is like a this is a way more fucking out there, like, uh, right? Because like, we uh, totally right, we totally uh, we've eaten it up and we've yeah. internalized it. And I remember remember like when people gave a shit about the Patriot Act, or a few people did. Like it was like no, but don't you get it? Like you could get on a list because of the library books you checked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like, yeah, I'm doing a thing, so obviously it's on a list somewhere. It's like <laughs> part of, it's data. That's valuable uh, data. It's just, yeah. I, 
It's just, you know, otherwise it's just sitting around. I mean, if the government and corporations are not using that data, that's just, like, leaving, like, money or intelligence on the table, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's truly astonishing, like, how quickly it happened and how, I mean, nobody really did care. I mean, it's, it's you know, in, in New York in the early 80s, just because I'm writing this article on this, I know all this dumb stuff now, but in New York in the early 80s in Brooklyn, uh, they tried to install metal detectors in this high school in Brooklyn, and the kids fucking rioted. And they, like, destroyed the metal detectors. They threw all the shit out of the fucking school. A middle, yeah, a middle school next door actually went, like, ran out to the streets, too, just in, like, solidarity. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. But, Hell yeah. you know, now, you know, uh, you get lots of videos where the parents, like, demand the... Uh, there's no record of violence in the school, but they demand the metal detectors be there, right? You know, I mean... And that's the difference of mindset, right? Of, you know, one, like, we're not going to accept this, you know, that you're beginning from the idea that we're criminals and have to be monitored. <laughs> like, we're not going to accept that because we know that the next stage is jail to, you know, now, like, this this is just the beginning, right? Well, that, that we, we begin with the fact of, like, well, if you're not uh, doing anything wrong, then you have yeah. nothing to be worried about. Yeah. Which is a bizarre faith in the American legal system that I just yeah, it's can't share. absolutely unfounded. <laughs> well, it, it comes from never experiencing, never yeah. having to participate in that system. Of course, you're gonna have faith sure. in it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, uh, I just had two thoughts. One, one thing that I think is funny about the Patriot Act is so far it seems like all we've been able to do is convince like slow teenagers to. Do bomb plots that we then foil. Right. Yeah, yeah. The and, FBI is like main, like bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. And then the second thing um, that you were touching on, Brian, uh, it reminds me so much of like this managerial mindset and specifically like risk mitigation. And I was just thinking of active shooter drills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The liberal response now is to just the, the, the status quo no matter how horrible or good that just like is that's static you can't change that you just have to adapt to Mm -hmm. it so again like i'm sure the impulse there was well to tweak yeah there's a possibility that guns or some weapons could get into a school so we have to have these metal detectors it's just a fact of life Mm. and the same thing can be said about active shooting drills instead of trying to do something systemic and push back on that specific thing well life getting like better in any way for the majority of people is viewed as impossible so everything yeah. now is about yeah you know risk assessment and and i mean the interesting thing about that is that all the uh like i had to read this awful like pamphlet from or it's actually a special issue of police magazine about school uh protecting Which schools brian subscribes to uh religiously <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh you know, that is, that's the language they use as they talk about, you know, like, oh, you know, we go into a school and they're like, well, we don't have any problems. Like, well, think about this. What if you did? (laughs) (laughs) That's like fucking Owen Wilson in, uh, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums when he imagines, uh, we all know Custer died at Little Bighorn. Yeah. Um, It's like history nerds. What if he did it? Yeah. Uh, did you did you see that active shooting drill where they were they were literally executed? Oh yeah, the teachers. That's in Indiana. And it's like yeah. what the fuck with kind actual, of preparation like, is that? Of some yeah, kind? they were shooting them with like aerosoft guns yeah. in the back of the head, well, blindfolded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what? And tell them not to tell anybody what happened. Yeah. <laughs> what are you preparing for? Your own death? Yeah. Like, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think is what they would explain. <laughs> 
delayed, but like it's absolutely crazy. And I mean, and again, think about like in that in that same issue of Police Magazine. Of course, it's like eighty percent ads trying to sell oh, shit to yeah, schools. Yeah. And one of it was it was God. I wish I remember what it was called, but it was this this metal shield that you would put next to the fire. Uh, extinguisher like in the hallways and then if there was an active shooter a teacher would grab it like fucking captain america <laughs> and i guess charge the fucking active shooter like throw it at him i don't know no, I, but, just... but, but the god saying that is if you were a parent and walked to school and saw that yeah. wouldn't you be like what the fuck is wrong with you people like what the fuck are you doing no, like, i don't think you would fucking crazy if, yeah i would but i don't think most people would i think I'm picturing like those teachers who got shot in the back of the head. Um, I'm teaching. I'm picturing like their their like performance review with the principal. It's like, listen, um, your standardized test scores are down in your classes, but uh, on the other hand, you died with honor. <laughs> you, you acquitted yourself well in the uh, no win scenario. There, you. Uh, yeah. You held your bowels, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you never lost your school spirit. Well, and there was this uh, uh, classic movie of, I believe, 1990 is when it came out, called Class of 1999, and it takes place in a future Seattle. Oh, perfect. Uh, where, I mean, this, by the way, we're talking about, like, images of Seattle or whatever. This In their visions from 1990, Seattle was going to be this, like, burning husk of just <laughs> fires everywhere, and the kids rule the streets and the schools with their various gangs. Hell yeah. And so the military, in order to uh, resolve the Why issue... Why do they go to school? Okay, like, don't... Best not to ask too many questions. Yeah. The best is, there's still nerds in the school. Like, like there's still, like, kids, like, being, like, fucking nerd. Like, you know, who are like, oh, I just want to learn. Like, but anyways, uh, uh, so the, the military makes a, a covert deal with the principal to place these new substitute teachers in the high school who turn out to be, like, Terminator robots. Like, Pam Greer is one of them. But, and, like, her arm opens up and there's, like, a rocket launcher that she, like, rocket launches the bad kids with. And anyways, but, like, that's the future of schools. Like, it's, we're just going to have Pam Greer robots rocket launching the fucking kids, like, yeah. across the hall. Yeah, but, or they're all going to... They're going to go to school at home and we're going to have those robots... Have you seen the robots that have... Uh, an iPad for a face. Yeah. And then they move They, they move walk around, around the office, yeah. Yeah. For, for your di distance day yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. That's upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so the police rule. Uh, did we have anything else to say about how awesome they Sounds are? like things are going good. Yeah. 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 Well, yep. I mean, just to sum it up, like what you were saying about this being the status quo is like, that's an important. That's important to understand about, like managerial liberalism, that that they can only see the status quo. They're dedicated to preserving the status quo by whatever way they defend that, and because that's because they're fucking managers, which means all they're really at their core, they're just about justifying their job, and they, they <laughs> their job is in the order of the status quo. I mean, so that's all. That's why. That's all we can do. Um. It's why it seems like nothing can change. It's because that is, that's how those people think. Which is why they gotta go. Yeah. They can't. That's why. Why you can have these all these cop, these abuses by cops, and the solutions are, well, like let's you know let's let's get you know cops together with people from the community so that we can see that we're all really the same. And it's like. What the fuck Man, are you talking about? Blue lives about? really do matter. Yeah, you know, like let's 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 promote understanding, right? Yeah. Like not not no systematic critique, 
Mm-hmm. No understanding that policing needs to be abolished and go away completely because it's fundamentally evil. Um, and, well, and anything that bad, anything bad that happens is clearly just an accident, right? And right. So no need to look at all the things that made that bad thing happen, right? right? Like you don't need to look at like any of the things that came together to make yeah. that thing happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, you know, it, it always is uh, shocking to me because you're talking about how you just saw another video of, like, a, a school police officer hitting a kid. Yeah. It, it always shocks me when these videos come out. They're like, oh, these co- they, you know, that cop was a, a real mean guy. We need to, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, we need to make the cops nicer in the schools. So it's like, or just not have them there. Like, I mean, th- that is what caused the incident yeah. was the fact yeah. that there was, like, a police officer coming into contact with a child, which he never should have in the first place. Because, and, yeah, because yeah. everything about policing, everything yeah. they're trained, the reasons they told to exist, the reasons we think they exist, are absolutely just 100% tools of oppression and yeah. nothing else, so that's, that's all you're going to get out of it. Yeah, they're the organized violence of the state, so if you put them in a room full of children, <laughs> you have to expect those children are going to get some violence. Yeah. And, you know, to act surprised every time it happens is just the craziest thing on the planet. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's nuts. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, we love cops. We love cops. And we, we love, love our cops. Have you heard None of, of us here are cops. At, that's uh, that note. We are not cops. I asked everybody in this room, and because I asked them, they have to tell me, and they all said no. Yep, I said no, because I would have to tell him (laughs) if I was a cop. Each one of us asked the person to our left. (laughs) (laughs) So we know. (laughs) Just reiterate, I said no, I am (laughs) not a cop, because Mm -hmm. I would have to be honest if I asked that question. Not a cop. Mm -hmm. You guys also made me smoke weed, which I couldn't do if, if I was a cop. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just look like a cop, but uh. <laughs> everybody in here does have real tight crew cuts, <laughs> sweet mustaches, and we're all in aviators right yeah. now. It's very dark in here, but we still have our aviators on. Yeah. Was it my tactical vest that was the giveaway? <laughs> so yeah, moving on to more cool managerial, awesome techno utopian dream dreamscapes. Yeah, hell yeah, hit, we, hit me. We finally, finally heard from our our high high mages from the Innovation Advisory Council. <laughs> the Invi- Innovation Advisory Citadel. Yeah, some of, some of their magic trickled down through the rain or something, and we got our first glimpse. How many days had it been? Uh, over over two hundred. Well, so here's the thing. Um, if you didn't know this uh, a while ago, well, approximately three hundred days ago. We we created a uh, website to track whether or not these very same uh, arcane users of magic had finished their ritual and had innovated. And okay, so it's been two hundred fifty six days since the foundation, and two hundred seven days since their first meeting. That's as of right now. The first meeting was like the gala, right? The like, yeah. hey, look, mm-hmm. everybody, yeah, this exists with the like where where Jenny was wearing like the NASCAR. Like suit with all the brands on yeah, it, yeah. and like yeah, she had the like, she had the champagne and the baseball hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that ruled. That's so, true. so that was the that was, the meeting was like the the celebration of that they, the christening of the Ted Bundy uh, <laughs> conference room, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. when you start that strong, you build a lot of anticipation for what's coming next because oh, yeah. I, I looked at that jacket and I'm just like. 
We got some, we got some bread. Baited, baited breath. Everyone in the yeah. city has been waiting mm-hmm. for 257 yeah. days or whatever. Yeah, this was hundreds some... have died suffocating. <laughs> <laughs> some days of days of thunder shit. But I, I think it's important to note that um, when they kind of showed us when they when they met in the Ted Bundy room, we got some emperor wearing no clothes moments of uh, people not really understanding anything about any of the problems that they were supposed to innovate for in... Right, so this was Jenny. Uh, not a, not she literally problem. said, like, <laughs> yeah. like, the mission statement or whatever was, like, first, identify the problems. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Then, innovate solutions. Because, like, it's really confusing what the problems are. <laughs> day one. Day one mindset. D- exactly. Day one mindset. I was just hoping that ten years down the road they would release a report that's like, Seattle has a housing problem. <laughs> <laughs> we crunched the numbers, and uh, here's what the computers spit out. Um, you see, no, it's it like works war by games. input no. and output. <laughs> <laughs> the only winning move is not to house this person. <laughs> uh, so they, they have a site now, which I don't believe they did before, and it has this really cool little thing that says, the Innovation Advisory Council, or IAC, which for me drives me nuts because I can only think of UAC, which was the evil corporation in Doom, was <laughs> launched on August 2nd, 2018, by way of an executive order signed by Mayor Durkin. And if you're not familiar with Doom, the whole concept of that is this corporation accidentally opens a portal to hell. So <laughs> oh, innovation! Sort of think about that when you're thinking about the IAC. It includes a range of our region's most innovative companies committed to sharing insights and expertise with the city, city capitalized, which is sort of an interesting stylistic choice, as the city develops data-driven technological approaches to addressing our priority areas of homelessness, affordability, and delivery of basic services. So those must have been the problems that they identified uh, mm. initially. Because certainly they so weren't supplied been hard those problems. At work. So mm. we've been here all this time. We've been casting aspersions mm. on their diligence these 257 days, where mm. it turns out they were hard at work identifying those problems. Mm. So, that's egg on our face. Oh, totally. Well, as... Don't you feel silly now. As non-practitioners of magic... Yeah. Uh, of we, innovation. Exactly. We can only sit by and uh, see what's going on. So, the IAC is more than a council. It is a par- partnership between local technology talent and civic leaders to foster innovative thinking in the city of Seattle. So... Everyone has their, their thinking caps on now, thanks to the I, the IAC. So, the big news, and this was... I, I, I think the strap is loose on my thinking cap. <laughs> Can you help me with yeah, that? Yeah, the electrodes, I don't know if they're connected <laughs> to my temples. Um, that, let's see, seven, seven projects emerged. And Whoa, that's hard at work. As let's far, as let's far hear as it. I can tell, this was the announcement. <laughs> to solve each of the deadly sins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very religious. Have you seen seven? Uh, are you ready for these? You ready? Okay. So the first one is earthquake early warning. Fuck, dude. Number one problem in the city. what? <laughs> number one problem what? in the city. Well, if you like number one, you're going to like number two. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, this is the <laughs> announcement for what? Like These are the current IAC projects. These are the spells that are being cast. As we for, I mean, earthquake early warning systems exist, right? No. 
But not by innovators, probably by, like, government scientists or academics <laughs> or something. People, people who study earthquakes. Actually, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a crack team of Amazonians. There's a lot of talk about the potential for earthquake early warning by using, like, well, how early this we very about? sophisticated, you know, quote, machine learning to churn a bunch of all the seismic data over the last whatever to possibly in the future predict earthquakes by 30 seconds. <laughs> Do you... That's, that, that's real. Yeah, I'm yeah. serious. No, I know. I know. Do you remember the first month of the Trump administration when, like, uh, he... Acts, or somebody in the Defense Department actually sent, like, uh, incoming missiles early warning yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That is all that earthquake early warning system is going to be. It's just, no, no, you know, seriously. Incoming missiles just all... Like, right, because it will have to know? be... No, because... Un, because it will have to be 100% automated. Because... Right now, because though this does not exist, you cannot predict an earthquake, except statistically by saying like sometime in the next five hundred years. You know, like that's not a very <laughs> good enough for me. But actual warning, <laughs> the ones like the top scientists, who by the way I've actually talked to recently on this subject, due to my career, I was on, a, I was working on a show that was talking about this. Oh damn! So I was, I talked to some guys at the University of Washington about this exactly. The current shit they are working on, the cutting edge with people across the world and the country, is being able to someday using these machine learning technologies. They're working on software that they can do, and systems that they can deploy to predict by like thirty seconds, so that like you get a buzz on your phone that says earthquake, take cover. So like you get under a desk, or you, you know, get in a doorway or something. That's it. Shelter in place. <clears throat> I would have to have my phone in my hand to see a text 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. To me. Like, I know. Yeah. That's, that's the future we're talking about. So, yeah. that's great. Whatever. Cool. Also, cool. Number, one number, two. number one problem in Seattle always has been. Well, yeah. Maybe they're building. Maybe this is like a revert. This is a countdown. This is like... Oh, maybe we should, start, maybe we should go and this is number seven. Number seven. I'm just going to tell you this is... Well, nah. This is not really a countdown. But the folks working on this are the offices, Office of Emergency Management, Amazon Web Services, and Twitter, apparently. Oh, shit. Well, I'm glad Twitter's on the case. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, if you're going to be warned by anybody, it's definitely Twitter. <laughs> Famous for its helpfulness. It's going to be in Seattle, it's, Seattle moments. Yeah, it's going to be a Earthquake. trending topic for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the next one is Earthquake Damage Assessment. Oh, yeah. Wait, what? We're still on earthquakes? Yes. I love what? these guys just imagine that earthquakes is the number one well, because danger. Because you know they the all today. read that New Yorker. Oh, 100%. Right. Yeah. Like, that's exactly and what we're talking about. They think that this is what... Oh, my God. Okay, so seriously, number two is still... Yes, yeah, still earthquakes. So if the earthquake happens... Me. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> fucking Christ. The Earthquake Damage Assessment Project focuses on improving the city's ability to obtain and analyze damage assessment information after an earthquake event <laughs> by determining how to pull information from multiple sources into a single system for damage information. So that, to me, reads like somebody's so, CV also, by the yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is just like some fucking like, insurance bullshit. <laughs> yeah, this but, is like... Yeah, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, you know how you get a damage estimate? The insurance company comes out on the ground, boots on the ground, because they're not going to take, they're not going to take yeah, the yeah. word of some algorithm. 
And they're going to look at everything, and they're going to tell you exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, the okay. algorithm didn't properly deny all the skill lines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, so, like, I, what? what is... The, oh, my God. It's going to be fucking beautiful. These are all about earthquakes. I'm uh, going to fucking die. It was all about I'm going to spoil it and say they're not. Oh, uh, tell me tsunamis get involved. <laughs> <laughs> so this was mostly mostly the same folks, and this is where we uh, we turn away from earth, earthquakes. So, Boom. number three <laughs> is... Homelessness data model. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Give me a dashboard. All right. Yeah. Wow. So we're going to model. I'm picturing like a big, um, uh, like digital, like a command center that has like a massive screen that just like, pl- like, like little dots of every homeless person where they're congregating. Um, so that mm-hmm. that's where you can send the, the, the uh, sweep teams and or well, just a, a scud. Well, now that you've, now that you've uh, tagged them with the Samaritan, you know, time, yeah, to, yeah, time yeah. to bag them by yeah. finding them on the, the fucking... Yeah, I mean, I, they're yeah. going to innovate that concept of the, the dog tag you wear around your neck and make it subcutaneous um, <laughs> any minute now. I haven't read the overview yet, but I was thinking this was probably more like imagining a behavioral model like the one from uh hypernormalization that like supercomputer in mm. Wenatchee. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So they're like trying Bla- to Blackrock Capital, right? Yeah, 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 they're trying to build a sophisticated a risk aversion algorithm yeah, to like model homeless behavior. No, no, they're gonna like the perfect computerized homeless guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, Ex- you know. Exactly. It'll be this Tamagotchi for the city that they try yeah. to like run simulations on <laughs> to solve the problem. Oh, the like ha- like how did like they'll run intervention simulations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. And they'll so they'll be like, like, ah, this one didn't work. Arre- oh man, <laughs> arresting him and putting him in prison. Uh, well, the results are mixed. On the one hand, uh, his future outlook is not very bright. On the other hand, the simulation indicates he is no longer on the streets yeah. and visible. So we did it. We solved homelessness. Input and output, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. So this one. Uh, is reporting on homeless investments, so that should set off some some alarm bells in your our, brain. Our 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 feet like is the stock market going after homeless people? Yeah, they're looking like, for all the four hundred one k's out on the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, have uh, you thought about day trading? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, can I get yeah, options? E trade or whatever, <laughs> like. Uh, well, that classic uh, look into spending where everything's too much unless it's jail, in which case yeah. it's just the right amount. Yeah. <laughs> Often takes weeks to manually update spreadsheets, reconcile, and validate before analysis even begins. So before I finish reading the rest of this, this again is like very computer science CV, mm-hmm. and also the like uh, tech workers' dream of eliminating human error from a system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. eliminating <laughs> human labor. Well, it's yeah, yeah. it's in square. Scare quotes. Oh, there, oh that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. For me saying it. Um, yeah, no, that's so basically just. Yeah, God forbid someone does data entry in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah, mm-hmm. someone is paid to do that by the city. If someone gets a micro internship to do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the University of Washington Information School capstone course is working with Seattle Human Services Department, Amazon, and Tableau to create a data model solution that will automate a manual process, see, there you go, and create a connection between input data and business visualizations. 
So I don't so even know just, what that means. I fucking hate it. I, so first I, of I all, I fucking hate everything. Do you like that they graphs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All you're talking. So it's just basic a next generation of back end software for the city to eliminate a few more uh, positions. That's okay. Wow, innovation. <laughs> yeah. You could have. I mean, there are all there are tons of companies ready to sell any city products like this. You know, just yeah, they're on. The, you can contract them anytime. You don't need. Like to gather all the he- the geniuses in the room. Like there are people wanting to sell you this all the time. Yeah, but one, one of them is Tableau, who's working on. This yeah, product. Yeah, they, no, they have yeah. something to sell you. Yeah. Well, the funny part is, I love all these rich people getting around and being like, "Oh, you know what's going to help solve homelessness? <laughs> Raising the unemployment rate. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure Automating less, jobs. Yeah, away. make sure less people <laughs> have work, especially it, if they buy our software. <laughs> does it explain in here yet? Because this is our big, like, skepticism. When this originally first came around, was like, are these, are they gonna give these services to the city? Like, doesn't say. It kind of feels like it's a group project pageant contest, and everyone's gonna be a winner. But eventually, in the end, it's gonna in these projects will all end up in seven separate contracts that the city buys from probably joint like yeah. Partnerships. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're selling this shit. Yeah, that's, this that's is just sure. this well, is just a way to sell products to the city, in a in a joint venture that benefits all of them. Yeah, because these know? are all pretty easily deliverable. And then in, internally, like, uh, so they do it at this big like pageant, song and dance, in and they say these three companies are working on this project. They ultimately internally talk to themselves and they say, okay, we'll, we'll consult it. You build this one. With this, we'll split the money, whatever, you know, like, but eventually it's what's presented at the end. I'm sure it's going to be a contract that they the city buys from these people. Yeah, well, Tableau already has a contract with someone. Mm-hmm. I wish I could... GeekWire did a piece on this, and uh, we have a tweet about it. It pissed me off. Um, I can't remember what city, but it is basically just a dashboard. Yeah. Well, I'm sure whatever these kind of suggestions are is something they already have yeah. right, to sell them, right? Like yeah. a product that's ready to go. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's, that's the funny yeah. thing about the innovation is like, dude, these are just salesmen just selling you shit. Like, <laughs> are this you is a lot of tarted up language yeah. for just basically back-end software. Well, yeah. it's gluing a back-end software to a Tableau. Nerd! Well, okay, fine. I'm just but, but yeah, no, we're, we're clearly going to drop millions of dollars on some company to reinvent The Sims. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, like, somebody just to make a self-filling fucking Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure, uh, yeah, anybody can do. That's yes, uh, that's that's pretty rudimentary. But we needed the big the big geniuses at AWS. Oh, fuck, I'm glad they got together. At, oh, sorry, not AWS, just Amazon, Tableau, mm. and uh, UW Capstone projects so the next one are you ready for this one so we already talked policing we've already talked <laughs> proto-fascist crypto-fascist so the next one is nav team 2.0 oh yeah hell oh. yeah oh everybody gets stun batons <laughs> <laughs> so wow so they're they're like like we have the technology to yeah. rebuild the nav team <laughs> for six million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. They've got a picture here, and it's just all those um, those robots from RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So the project overview: the Nav App 2.0 project will improve the ability for the Gestapo. Oh, sorry. I mean the navigation team 
to better collaborate efforts through data and connecting unsheltered individuals with existing services. So this is homely. Mm -hmm. And create faster <laughs> resolutions to hazardous situations. Yeah. I feel, like we're, I feel like we're just buying the nav team more showers. Like, this is basically all we're yeah, doing. Yeah, probably. Jesus Christ. This effort will also ensure better transparency with more efficient and timely reporting for evaluation, evaluating navigation team performance and program continuous improvement. So, so this is like an well, HR software to yeah. like... Well, it sounds like it's an app yeah. as well for the nav team themselves to be like... you got to hit Well, it is homely. It's like what we said. It's yeah. like, yeah. Cool well, bad. this is the version, this is the back-end version for the, the nav team themselves to like... So that they don't have to... Again, it's just automation. It's just cutting down on the people yeah. Yeah. to do... Because it's like, okay, I have this homeless person. I need to know. Is... Uh, where do I send him? Harbor Island or McNeil Island? <laughs> I, 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 I'd have to make a call with my cell yeah, phone yeah. to like the dispatch center and find yeah. out, and then I'd have to put him on. Then this I can just like scan his barcode <laughs> yeah. with my my camera app, and it'll spit out the like through the supercomputer calculations it'll spit out exactly what prison he should be sent to yeah like, what, prison, any... what prison island has room right now right? yeah it's like yeah in all of that gobbly gook i mean it's all shit that i don't give a shit about yeah i don't it's, know why doesn't matter would nav team performance that's not gonna solve our homeless well, problem you gotta hit Sorry, your kpis like... i mean you've committed to <laughs> detaining or liquidating like mm -hmm. 25 homeless people every sweep so yeah. and uh, again i mean if you were so concerned about urban poverty maybe you would just hire more people for the nav teams like you know yeah which they did eliminate the eliminate homelessness through a massive nav team <laughs> like that's what that's what they did they hired more uh, cops i think uh, oh no not, not those people they have enough jobs <laughs> yeah. well like yeah we gosh here's a weird novel idea yeah why don't we just Hire the homeless people to solve the homeless problem. How you ask? By hiring them. Boom. I'm a genius. <laughs> so Microsoft is working on this. Seattle IT, uh, Seattle Public Utilities, Seattle Fire Department, Innovation and Performance. I don't know what that is. Seattle Human Service De Department and Human Services Department. So the Seattle Department of Innovation and Performance is the precursor to the in the Seattle. Um, innovation council that was uh, edged out in a internal beer bureaucratic <laughs> like blood Cube, feud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, so we're we're at number five. Oh, fuck. So it, excited! It's the affordability portal. <laughs> what does that mean? Just Do I, absolute wait, 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 wait. fucking gibberish. This is a portal to another dimension where <laughs> Seattle is no, affordable. We, they, they built the hell portal. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, way more affordable no, there. we did it on purpose this time. <laughs> the demons don't have currency. I was thinking maybe it was more like, uh, you know those Target scanners so you can see a price, but it's like, it tells you if you can afford it. <laughs> oh, hey, that's like... easy to program. It's just always no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, if um, an app for your phone, it's like Yelp, where you like look at a map, but it's like it tells you just on a red zone of like, 
Like, like in a heat map of like, yeah. you cannot afford to be here yeah. right now. Yeah, you actually have to fucking leave. leave now. Because not only can you not, like, even, you can't afford to take a shit or get a coffee in this neighborhood, but, like, someone's going to notice that you can't. And, yeah. you, yeah. you know, that's going to be prob- a problem. The navigation team has been. <laughs> yes, uh, see our earlier, uh, yeah. A sketch on yeah, uh, Homely. That the, was our pitch to Jenny Dirk. I thought we did for the innovation get a phone yeah. call, you know. Yeah. The affordability portal seeks to create an online information and screening tool to connect individuals and families to City of Seattle benefit programs and services that can lower their cost of living. The portal will support both benefit seekers and the professional and informal navigators, such as caseworkers and family members who support So, them. it's a website. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a website where you fill out, like... Endless ins- forms. Endless forms and, and en- submit endless documents about your employment, your Ooh. income, your assets, your whole <laughs> yeah. family, all this, <laughs> to test your means, and then it spits out what... Um, what you what you qualify what for, quali- which is yeah. benefits you qualify yeah. for, which yeah are probably nothing anyway. Because yeah. cool. again, the I, it, the problem is that there aren't enough yeah. benefits to go around, so you have to means test them because that's how we <laughs> and and you need an efficient way of doing that. Um, because we don't just give benefits to people who need them and not worry about the tiny amount of waste. No, no, you have to earn it. Yeah. Expedia is on this one. Tableau, F5, Innovation and Performance, well, fuck and Expedia, there's shit fucking websites involved. I'm sure it's going to go great. <laughs> yeah, so that rocks. And up next. It's just like you put in your income and like. And your, your, your family, you're like, oh, we're starving. Would you and like to look at hotels? In the <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> it books you a Greyhound bus out, out yeah. of the city yeah. <laughs> using Expedia's uh, innovative technology. For the lowest fare. You qualify for these uh, benefits by a bus token. Mm-hmm. For these ways out of the city. Yeah. Bindle sack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it points you to the rail lines and gives you a tutorial on how to, how to ride ride the cables under the cars. Alright, so the next one is... You guys are gonna... You're just gonna love this. Everyone at home are gonna love this. God, I hope it's about earthquakes. It is the Youth Opportunity Portal. Another uh, website, God, but for kids. Dear, hate this Hell yeah. That's I, where young kids can meet up with eager adults. <laughs> <laughs> So let me, just, friend finder. let me just preempt this here. <laughs> this is this is a website much like the previous portal where you type in your your economic status to get to test your means that you are in need of help, and then your GPA and your you write a little essay and. You prove that you, um, among mm-hmm. the massive unwashed poor, mm-hmm. you are the yeah, upper yeah. crust, the smartest, the the hardest working of those poor kids who are right. like not yeah, but- having a childhood or getting a good education, and you are selected thus to be the exemplar of society's widespread opportunity. 
Could you imagine how much better the 80s would have been if, like, Edward James almost was just like, how do I reach those kids? And they just gave him this youth portal. Like, oh, this youth portal. Well, I'll have them fill out these online forms. Yeah. All they do is fill out these 52 documents. And then someone on um, a, doing a freemium, in, or a, an, a, a, what are the internships again? The micro. The micro internships, internships mm. will read the, your essay mm-hmm. and, and give it a grade. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't conjugate properly. It's like, that kid's dying poor. <laughs> well, yeah, it feels like a. Uh, it's like you're getting drafted to the majors. It's like you're entering the labor force early. <laughs> Hell yeah. That'd be great. Right. One of the questions is like, how much weight do you think you can lift? Like, regularly. <laughs> right, right, right. Because it has to tell, because of our sort of liberal. Uh, veneer on everything, um, it will have to give everyone some kind of positive answer, right? <laughs> so only a certain number of kids are even going to get to this portal, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But, like, if you do, yeah, it is going to be like, uh, you know what? Uh, we don't think high school is right for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. no so one's literally just going to be like, are your hands, like, thin and nimble and can fit in machinery? He's <laughs> 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 looking the machinery. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's hear it in their own words. The Youth Opportunity Portal seeks to create a central online website to youth programs with a centralized application, making it easy for young people ages 12 to 24 to access jobs and skill-building opportunities, to develop those skills over time, and to plan for an economically secure and personally empowering career. Wait, 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 wait. I if you listen, thought. break down that sentence though, mm-hmm. like if you go, it's the first thing is what it is, yeah, and then the rest of that bullshit is just what they hope the knock-on effects of yeah. what they're they're saying. Yeah, because this thing we do here, it's going to cause all this shit. Yeah, so that that just said nothing. It is just like again applying for air, for scholarships. I, I frequently said that not enough twelve-year-olds are working, so <laughs> I actually approve of this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fucking. Scholarship aggregator for some, and it's a uh, like a monster.com for kids. Yeah. <laughs> like for the rest. Yeah. Which is horrific because when you're 12, you really should not be thinking about a career. Or in such a rush to end child, like or, force terminate your child. Or <laughs> being get, getting on a website to see if you qualify for a dignified like <laughs> things to make your human life slightly more dignified yeah like mm. yeah a slightly be- better educational opportunities or some yeah. unlike a chance, programs some programs you might qualify for or could be connected with you know a chance to go to the off-world colonies yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah this project aims to improve city programs by ensuring our youth programming is accessible impactful and relevant Okay, it, accessible, impactful, and relevant. The youth programming that all the youth want to do, that they're going to have, mm-hmm. that, because, we know this because we need to build a website that they go on and look, I'm looking for, I'm a kid looking for youth programming. <laughs> I'm going I'm to, let's see what youth programming is right mm-hmm. for me, you know? Like all the other kids are watching like fart videos on YouTube. <laughs> you are over there doing your youth. Yeah, programming like if this website, shit had yeah. any, if this shit had any merit or was like 
an actual like functional part of a community, they wouldn't need the fucking website. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So for this one, I'm going to read a little or bit. Or if it was universal in any sense. Yeah. You, again, you wouldn't need to be paired up with some esoteric uh, service or benefit or program. You know, you, you need to like... Uh, it's like, you know, you wouldn't... It's match.com for your handout. You know, it's like you wouldn't yeah. need that if, if we just like made sure everyone had a dignified human fucking life. Yeah, well, it's like a factory line where some crane hand picks you up and moves you to where you're going to go, like a, you know, some sick intervention. Well, they dream of that sorting mechanism, because all these guys are, like, you know, fucking phrenologists and shit, so they, like, <laughs> they dream of that sorting mechanism where, like, the laborers can be, like, separated from the uh, the, the thinkers and all this kind of oh, stuff. Oh, that, I mean, that is... You know... Absolutely implied in managerial liberalism, like it's mm-hmm. we need to raise the smartest ones out of poverty. Like doesn't doesn't have any answer for everybody else. Like mm-hmm. no, the dumb shits are not covered in these. Yeah, with, in, for, these, in these programs. Yeah. You know? So for this one, I'm going to read a little bit from the project background, which we didn't read from the others, which I think is maybe more in their own r- words. So they say. The project team will immediately work towards creating a web-based portal where young people can find programs based on their interests, skills, age, and use a single application to apply for the programs. Future functions we hope to add to the youth portal include access a jobs board with external youth employment and training opportunities, locate non-employment youth services in their area, create a profile with a resume and skills bank, and create education and employment plans using labor market data. <laughs> oh cool. Please, sir, we're starving. Cool. Are there not websites? <laughs> Are there not portals? <laughs> you can't see anything going wrong with this. This sounds yeah. like a fucking great plan. Yeah, right. Well, it sounds like a dumb fucking thing no one's going to use. Mm-hmm. But, of I mean, the, the ethic behind it is, again, yeah, like f- sorting the people out. And into youth employment opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's actually worse than I was thinking originally. It, it's what, it is, it is what you were thinking. It's awful. Well, I and, hate it. And the one thing we know about 12 and 13 year olds is they're exactly the same person that they will be later in life. So yeah, that's totally. the time to grab them and figure out this information. Well, that's mm-hmm. true if you're poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no growth into, you know, yeah, yeah. there's no expanding your horizons yeah, yeah. and finding your true self when you're fucking well, destitute. Well, yeah, you're not allowed to make uh, mistakes uh, if you're poor. Well, and certainly if uh, you're going to be a laborer in life, no need to teach them anything. That's for damn sure and all that. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, but you needed to teach them how to not end up in prison. Beyond that, yeah. that's it. Uh, even that, you know, you let them find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So can you guess who had a special hand in this one? I had a feeling. Wait, okay. Oh, that's a Bill Gates shit, I feel like. Oh no! Um, I don't know. It's the I think it's the mayor's pet project because it says part of the project team is mayor's office policy team. Uh, So I think this one was was a plant. Dude, that's Mm -hmm. that's what we've been saying about Jenny all along. That it's managerial liberalism. It's you know find find the smartest kids uh, and the rest. I guess put them to work. I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's no future for you if you're already. Yeah. yeah. It's too late. That ship sailed. Yeah. yeah. The minds are good enough. If you're not <laughs> yeah. a genius that needs, 
Yeah. It's if you're the not argument like, Mozart, think about way? all of those Einsteins who have lived in yeah. poverty and died that way. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. <laughs> think <laughs> about all the people who have lived and died in poverty, okay? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Liberals want to find the Einsteins. Full stop. Yeah. They want to find those people, raise them up, so that the elite can be f- from every possible background. Mm. And fuck everybody else. It's having a good elite. Yeah. You know, a proper liberal elite. Not not based on, you know, your race. Not based on the economic conditions you started life in. But based on merit. It's a meritocracy. And it's disgusting. Cool. It rocks. So we got one more. Yeah. Fuck uh, yeah. This I, t- I can yeah. tell that uh, Brian's really enjoying now, this. <laughs> hang on, let me... Okay. I gotta do my Casey Kasem sure. here. Uh, hang on. Uh, I, no, never mind. I can't get it. <laughs> Cut this. I don't know. I Just take to, a clip from Say by the Bell, put it out. I used to do Casey Kasem. I don't. That's okay. Probably no one that listens to our show knows who the fuck Casey Kasem uh, is. Hang on. So, like, they would know him exclusively Say by the Bell. <laughs> yeah. Say by the Bell? Was he on Say by the Bell? Yeah. He always hosted the hot, uh, Sock Hops. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. He yeah. introduced the Sprain. Okay, um, uh, I was I was first introduced to Casey Kasem on watching Scooby Doo, but whatever, um, and other Hanna Barbera cartoons. You fucking but Casey the, Kasem gatekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did the countdown. The count is a countdown joke. It doesn't matter. God damn it, Craig! It is affordable housing search. <laughs> Not gonna build any, but they will create a search engine that will tell so, you none is available. Like, <laughs> like Craigslist, Craigslist has the like price. Yeah, like, yeah, that's feature. called Zillow. The affordable Zill- housing search is Zillow. Fucking or, you know, Padmapper, or whatever. Like yeah. Zillow, sh- you say? Well, they might be on the project team. <laughs> oh, whoa! So basically, it'll be a skin on <laughs> their Zillow, on yeah. their site. Yeah. Imagine if you made like a Google search engine that, like, any time, no matter what people searched, it just came back no results. Like, like that's like literally what they're building. It's just like Casey Kasem. I love that you're so hung up. Hi, I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, I'm I'm, Ka- I'm Casey Kasem was apparently like a civil rights like advocate and stuff too, and here we are just muddying his reputation. <laughs> I'm Casey Kasem. Welcome back. It's number one on the countdown. What was it called? Affordable housing search. <laughs> number one on the countdown on this week's countdown. Affordable housing search. I'm Casey Kasem. <laughs> Guys, you'll never believe this. Greg left for a second, and Casey Kasem <laughs> yeah. came into the boat. It rocked like he came back from the dead, right? Or is he just uh, in a coma? He's definitely dead. <laughs> he's definitely dead. Yeah. Oh, hey, Greg, you're back. You'll never guess who came by. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm still oh, Casey Kasem. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, boys, what's next? Uh, well, we were just going to talk about what the affordable housing search tool is, if that's okay with you, Casey. I'm here for it. <laughs> The Affordable Housing Search Tool project will create a centralized... That's like a bingo for tech nerds. Mm, A centralized way to locate available affordable housing. The search tool will also provide a listing platform for the housing connector. 
the housing connectors capitalized, by the way. Like, yeah, yeah. The fuck is that? I think we're all, I think we're, all aware. we're all aware of the housing connector. <laughs> is that affiliated with the? National we all know team? about the housing connector. Yeah, that's that's the court system. Is the housing connector it connects you with a nice little house? You know, McNeil Island. <laughs> yeah. Specifically for people who are experiencing homelessness oh, and God. seeking housing through the homelessness system. Oh. That's what I've always thought the homeless need more websites and apps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just not wired enough. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, what do you think? Casey? Awful. It's <laughs> just a matter of connecting people with housing. <laughs> the housing is out there. You just have to find it. <laughs> is Mr. Belding as weird as people say? <laughs> <laughs> He's a creep. <laughs> talking about oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so the project background for this one i think we got to read community members looking for affordable homes in seattle must now search for affordable housing on a property by property basis the affordable housing search tool seeks to create an accessible and easy to use tool that will be used by property owners social service providers and community members seeking housing well, they seem to think that people, like, find the price of housing by, like, knocking on people's doors. <laughs> it's like people are, are, are the, the the companies that are doing this already have the search engines that people are already using. Again, it's like, it's just selling products they, that they already have. have yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, how can we get another joke? dollar off this Again, thing? these things exist. They're literally free to everyone in the world, because <laughs> yeah. our housing is on a global market, by the way. Um, yeah, you could, again, it's Craigslist. Yeah. yeah. Well, this... I think this one is very emblematic of something that we have laughed and talked about endlessly on the show of innovation being incremental garbage. Yeah. Like the innovation here is that you're making one site that sits in front of so you're know, centralizing. Yeah, yeah. And number like that's not fucking innovation. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially if, you know, we know for a fact there is not enough. It's not, it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's not like it's a question of is there enough for it. Like, is a known fact there is not. Yeah. So why would putting the already non-existent stock in one place, like, improve anything? It's to a certain extent, like, okay, you know what? To, to the extent that this is true, like, markets work. Okay, for what for distributing goods to people who can afford them. Okay, that's the thing. Okay, yeah. Like, you don't need to innovate how to connect this this information to people. People, that's what markets are for. So you don't have to centralize this shit. Okay. It's there. People will find it, and it will be negotiated in currency. The problem is. When you have a, so like they're they're just duplicating a function of the market here. Yeah. Okay. The problem is consolidating yeah. exchanges. Yeah. Property exchanges. But the problem is that we have a market, a free, a totally free market, and only that for housing in this country and in this city, and that means that uh, it's subject to the whims of of capital investment and other things, and does not provide for people. Who don't have the fucking money. So the information, which is again duplicating a function of the market, this exchange of, of the inf of information, isn't doing anybody any good. But I can see it in one place. 
You can <laughs> see that you can't afford it in one place. Or that there's or that there's not enough. Yeah, if it is, if it is, it's unclear. Yeah, Maybe yeah. they're talking about this is like of actual public or subsidized I housing. Think, I think that's what it of is. like from the various agencies like connecting it together. Though it is a it so is what unclear. again? All you're doing is really automating, right? Because it's like yeah, you're automating the difficulty of opening. I, let's just say there are five housing properties or or of tabs of, to look of social workers. Well, yeah. Right, like, because this is who's going to use the site ultimately, is, yeah, people. Have, so they're going to have one portal to go to. Okay, so again, it's just back end. It's ultimately going to be back end software. Even if you can use it as a person, like, really, you're going to have, like, most of the people if they're going to get housing, they're probably going to have gone through some kind of like one on one interaction, and that person's going to get on their computer and go like, okay, what can I get you into? And Oh my gosh! In there, what effectively becomes their backend software in that situation? It they only have to search once, you know, theoretically. This efficiency frame is bullshit on all levels, but like it's really emblematic here because this is how we talk about. This is a very conservative frame that like we're just not spending the money correctly. It's not efficient. It's not efficient enough. There's no accountability, and this buys into that completely and says like we just need to like take the resources we have and allocate them in a more efficient manner. That's what all of this is talking about. Whether it's the educational things, you know, finding the right kids to allocate these resources to. And the problem is, we're not allocating enough resources and we're not allocating them to fucking everybody. And our system is allocating resources away from people. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's taking it out of their fucking hands and giving it to the rich. Like, th th this is quibbling over bullshit. Yeah. Well, it's, you know arguing over the allocation of resources like you know where are we reaching peak efficiency but you know you could have a similar argument like around the head tax and say well maybe amazon if they have to pay this tax needs to just allocate the resources better but it never goes that direction yeah no right? you no because this is all one way this is just towards services yeah. you know like services to poor people right have to have not... maximum absolute efficiency <laughs> exactly that's Free the only place efficiency are, is needed it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. We've talked at length about how Amazon in particular is not efficient at all. It's a massive boondoggle that's lost every, almost every division of which has routinely lost money forever. Yeah. But anyway, um, same with every company that's but, ever existed. But like, well, and they're, again, they're not no, efficient. There's no innovation there either. It's just a fucking store online. Yeah. No. So... Yeah, but, or, you know, imagine, like, the Mariners asking again for money for the stadium like they always do, and being like, oh, you guys gotta allocate your resources better, maybe it'd be something a shit team. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, but, yeah, again, yeah. that doesn't matter, that doesn't no. count, that's yeah. a different thing. Because it's right. not, because yeah. that would be talking about actual allocation of resources in society, but they won't, that, you can't get there, so you just need to talk about, in the status quo frame of this limited amount of money we have to operate city services this status quo how are we what are the details of how and how efficiently we're doing that and in managerial liberalism efficiency is its own good that's in a conservative mm. worldview efficiency is its own independent good it's like that is the highest like order of progress is an efficient system because baked into that conservative neoliberal worldview is that on a social level, resources will always be finite. Um, this is a lie, uh, but that is how they look at it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, so this, this rocked. So <laughs> basically, obviously, we've been. This is real egg on our face. We've just been 
all of our our tasteless jokes made at the expense of the Innovation Advisory Council. Yeah, um, all my innovation gone to waste. Yeah, all that uh-huh. innovation you did on the your internet website. Maybe you know what? You should really send them your CV. I should. You mm-hmm. like? Actually, that'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, look, I made this website. Um, can I work on your portal? Yeah, <laughs> here, here for this gravy train. <laughs> Well, I never thought they would get that portal open to hell, but good on them. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Great, guys. So the, there was one more thing we were going to touch on before we uh, conclude that is oh, sort yeah. of thematically consistent with this whole Oh, yeah, is it Innovation Advisory Council mm-hmm. Jr.? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Spawn of... <laughs> Spawn of... Yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... I think maybe you found this. Bride of Iac. You definitely um, mentioned it. So there's this tweet from Superintendent Denise Juno. This uh, this Seattle Public Schools. Seattle, yeah, mm-hmm. Seattle Public Schools, and this was posted April 9th. You can find it on her her Twitter, which is Seattle S U P T, and it says great think tank meeting today with a sure ride, Amazon, hop skip drive, Uber, Lyft. Lime bike about school transportation. We previously met with government, taxis, and buses. Families and educators next. We can solve big challenges in Seattle public schools. And then there's a photo of them in the actual uh, Gary Ridgeway room, which you rarely get a photo out of. <laughs> and uh, they're all next to some of his victims um, up on the projector smiling. <laughs> Uh, so this is like, so apparently Seattle Public Schools has their own, like, Innovation Advisory Council on transportation. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to innovate a way to transport kids to and from school. How are we no, going to do it? Yeah, no city in the country has ever figured this out, <laughs> so we need to innovate some sort of way to get the children. There was some sort of device that could get them from a central location, which is a school, but to a home location <laughs> elsewhere in the What's city. What's funny is, like, I mean, we're not even, quote, like, busing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a real logistical, like, clusterfuck, mm-hmm. getting kids from yeah, disparate one areas, yeah. one side of town to the other. And cities all America did that under court order yeah. uh, to attempt to, in, a, in an ultimately now failed attempt to end school segregation, um, uh, though though in way in some ways valiant attempt, um, and like that's that's a logistical clusterfuck that like was it was done because the thing here's what you do, you pick kids up at a bus stop and you take them to the school, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what's the question here? Well, I think Seattle... Efficiency, I'm guessing. Yeah, I guess. It's a race to the bottom. Who can get the kids from point A to point B for the cheapest cost? Can we throw them on an electric scooter? You get in a lift, you get out halfway there, you get on a line bike, you take it... Or an automated bus. Or, instead of a bus... Um, it's an Uber for every sh- one Uber bus. Shared ride. Yeah, yeah, no, no. For every kids. one, replace every one bus with seven um, Robo Ubers. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. 
that then are, you know, are they, like, you know, using a swarm modeling technology <laughs> and, like, st by studying the, by uh, analyzing the patterns of flocks of birds with supercomputers, <laughs> um, we're going to find a way to get the kids um, to school without any human labor so we can yeah. train them to function in a society that will never exist again. <laughs> um, because they will never have jobs because we're racing toward automation for the uh, sake of efficiency. Did you hear about the, the kid portal? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... It, it, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's this crazy situation where, like, literally, if this were, again, like an old-timey movie, it would literally just be people from the tech industry going, like, how can we, you know, how can we get a taste? We need a taste of the sweet, sweet kid transit, right? Because, like, it, you know, what's, what's you know, more efficient than putting children on Ubers or line bikes? It's like, I don't know, a giant vehicle. You can put 30 of them on at a time. Like, yeah. I mean, this is fucking crazy. It's so dumb. But I think part of the problem is, is that Seattle does that weird thing where, like, uh, kids apply to, like, what high school they yeah. want to go to yeah. and shit. Mm -hmm. And so they can go to a high school that's like outside of their area, yeah. which I think yeah, okay. I, I think was I kids. I didn't know that. and I think that was to avoid busing. Like I, I'm almost positive that's yeah, why yeah, yeah. If they you did go that back to avoid a court order busing. Yeah, yeah, because miraculously we still managed to have like the black school, right, yeah, 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 and yeah. all the other schools. <laughs> but now it's it's de facto and not de jure, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but I that's think everywhere I think that's their problem. But uh, as far as transportation, but as far as I know, the kids that are going from like a long distance. They just take city buses. They take buses, the city right? buses, yeah. yeah, and they get a bus pass. Yeah, which but... is like, yeah, is more and pretty obvious too. Like, and it's what a lot of cities do. Like, yeah, yeah. You give the kids a fucking bus pass, and they use public transit. Well, or we pay to have them bust in school buses. I mean, yeah. I'm not opposed to that either. Yeah, which yeah, we, we do a mix of those two <laughs> yeah, things, right, basically, yeah. which well, seems like, to be the most reasonable solution. The most reasonable solution would be to have neighborhood schools and yes, just bust the yeah, kids. But, absolutely, but yeah. you know. Yeah, we can't do that because we might have to admit the city's segregated. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Yeah. And we can't solve that problem. Yeah, the no, impossible. Lord. Well, I think gentrification is currently solving it for us. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it like I think gen the process of gentrification desegregates, mm. and, but it's at the end of that process is resegregation. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Like yeah, that I mean that's yeah. what charter schools are about too. But. Yeah. Um, I think part of this is speaking to the, the question of what's the problem. I think this is just more veneration of the 21st century tech worker yeah. and the myth that these people are superhumans mm -hmm. who are smarter than everybody else and that they're innovators. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, imagine looking at Uber and thinking these people are, like, have a good and, uh, like you know, a transportation model that has a future, right? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, a just and equitable future yeah. that we all want to live in. Right. Uh, uh, but it's also just like this, again, this belief in progress, like, the future's coming, the future's going to be better, we have to be ready for it, though, so we're doing our due diligence to, like, get ready for the future by, you know, not be, because we're not going to be the school district that's left behind in the, the past and everybody laughs yeah. at, like, Oh my gosh, welcome to the 21st century. You're still <laughs> using yellow school buses when it's so obvious, you know, that there's these other, like, flying solutions. Yeah, uh, like, my kid can go in a Tesla to school? That yeah, rocks. An automated Have they Tesla. considered loading the children into a cannon? <laughs> Just fire them back to their home. 
Uh, but like it's, it, I'm sure in the end it buys into this like right wing efficiency frame of like, well, sure. budgets are smaller and smaller all the time. That, it, the status quo that that liberals buy into the more of the worst ones is is constantly shrinking municipal budgets. So it's not mm. even like the budget is like a status quo level. It's like, no, it's literally getting smaller. That's the status quo that uh, we will buy into and not yep. and just work around. And so it's always like, how do we do this, again, by employing fewer people? Yeah, well, we talked about that on our last, was it our last episode where we talked about... Was that was pre- Well, we talked about it with Jason. I mean, this... Yeah, these people are really into austerity, but they don't realize that that destroys government's ability to mm-hmm. basically function at all. Yeah. And so it's just this continual erosion of all the services... And these moves play into the hands of people like Christopher Rufo. I mean, it, it reinforces their yeah. narrative that government can't work because it's been completely starved, and they have to look. T- they have to look outside to Uber and Lyft and Amazon for solutions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well and this has been like the classic two-step with schools, right? Is yeah. first you defund the school, and then you mm-hmm. point at it and go, "Look how bad that school is yeah. doing. We should take more money from them, right?" <laughs> yeah. You know, and like. <laughs> And yeah. it just becomes this constant, like, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, which, yeah, that was no you know. child left behind, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, and given its, like, origins in desegregating the schools, it's hard not to see it as, you know, like, a direct result of having two separate education systems. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. Well, whatever. That sounds like it sucks. <laughs> um. They're really happy, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you could be so happy in a room with, like, 48 faces of missing women but. <laughs> yeah i think we can all be rest assured nothing good happened there's, in that room that day don't forget like on the opposite wall there's a, a bunch of frames with like the facebook question mark oh uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Like, uh, is that the from facebook yeah yeah yeah, yeah a little yeah. ghost shell or whatever yeah, for your picture yeah. um well we did it. We did it. We innovated. Our our brains conjured magic, and, and uh, y'all y'all show forced the innovation council to to come up with this list. And boy, is it a Dude, good one. They've been sweating bullets this whole time. This you like, guys had the pressure on. There's these guys on a boat, and they have a website. <laughs> they know they're mobile on the boat. They, they have know no idea where they're at. They could be outside right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 So they forced you. We're no, peering. You we're them. peering in their. Uh, their Amazon towers with my my nautical spyglass, <laughs> my large seven foot brass spyglass that we have out. Uh, we're in South Lake Union right well, now. Well, they're just jealous. Not the neighborhood, the south end of yeah, the lake. Yeah, they're jealous because we're seasteading, and mm-hmm. that's I mean that's, that's what they the want. Yeah. Oh my god. We're operating servers in international waters that you don't even know about, like what twenty five miles off the uh, coast. Oh god, you know we're gonna talk seasteading one day. <laughs> I keep bringing it We're up. Gonna... Well, look, look. I mean, the thing is, if uh, listeners, if you guys go on the Patreon, it is exclusive seasteading content on the Patreon. <laughs> so if you're into seasteading, get get your cash out, uh, mail it to Greg yeah. on his boat. Just write care of the boat, put it in the mailbox, <laughs> and uh, you'll get all the seasteading content you need. Yeah. Our... I'm pretty sure that's how it works, right? Our, exactly yeah, how yeah, it works. Our zine is uh, <laughs> it's called Sea Sucker. 
Well, so Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. Was there anything that you wanted to like talk about or plug before we so, say nope, goodbye? You <laughs> did have a, a re- very recent piece in Jacobin that was about... Oh. Um, what was that one about? I had a recent piece of Jacobin that was about um, the programs that uh, police and other community organizations are running in schools to teach children not to get murdered by the police. <laughs> so they teach you the various survival techniques that you need uh, to avoid the wrath of the uh, uh, furious police officer. Mm. So if you really want to get bummed out, <laughs> feel free to check that out. Um, and you've got a couple of other pieces got, coming out soon, right? Yeah, I got, some, I got some stuff in the works, uh, so we'll cool. see. Cool, all right, we'll... Uh... <laughs> we'll stay tuned into that. Cool, yeah, everybody. and if you're not if you're not following Brian, follow follow him on Twitter at uh, Brian underscore No Name. Yeah, uh, worst name on Twitter. Still. Display, display name abolish ice. Uh, he's really funny and uh, he rocks. So you should follow him. Uh, I think that's it. We have one new patron, and we want to thank you so much, Grant Leem. I think was how Greg pronounced it in our Super Suckers episode. So if I mispronounced your name, I'm sorry, but I appreciate your support. Um, yeah, if you want to be like Grant or our other, the other suckers, you can find us on Patreon. Um, it, it helps. We appreciate it. Um, yeah. So I think that's it. Hell yeah. All right. Adios. Ahoy, ahoy. Say